sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Sports today, right here on Sports Grid. It is me and it's you, and we're taking you through the day that was day week three in the NFL. Craig Mish, our esteemed leader, is off today for the Jewish holiday, so we wish Craig well. We hope that he is enjoying some time with his family. But still, he deserves a day off here over on the grid. But we have got a great show for you today. We are locked, we are loaded with so much fantasy football. We can hardly contain ourselves. I know I can hardly contain myself. We also have a little baseball, too, because the baseball playoffs have been locked in, which is going to be great because we have more teams to talk about. That's fun. More playoff baseball, less regular season baseball. That makes me, Joey P, very happy. And, of course, we've got our great team behind us, as always. And guess what? I've got some guests for you today as well, because we're going to have the Eric Young from Fantasy Game Day joining us. You might know him from his days in WWE and NXT, and now is Impact Wrestling Champion of the World. So he's going to join us in hour one, talk a little football with EY, and of course, our own Mike Blewett, my friend and yours. He is like the rock of this network. He's also the host of Pro Football Today. He's going to be joining us as well in hour two. So we'll talk to Mike Blewett. We'll talk to Eric Young. But mostly it's going to be me for the next two hours. So lucky you. We're going to have some fun here on the program today. So let's start and let's get after it. And let's talk a lot about the headlines right now. What's going on yesterday, week three, and the Sunday that was fun. There was a lot of overtime, end of the game, fourth quarter kind of stuff happening there. Things that were barely decided at the end. Lots of exciting stuff to get to, but nobody's more exciting right now than Russell Wilson. He is basically stamping it. He's saying, I'm the MVP of the universe right now. He sets a record for touchdown passes over the first three games in a win against the Cowboys. This was a fun game. Certainly, uh, I mean, every time it looks like the Seahawks or the Cowboys are involved in a game, it just looks like an automatic over no matter how high the point total is. And we got it again yesterday. But my goodness, Russell Wilson looks great. And luckily for us, for us fantasy owners, the Dallas Cowboy defense, not very good. Seattle's defense, not much better, which really led to a game here between the Cowboys and the Seahawks. We'll break it all down fantasy-wise for you. But Russell Wilson so far has got to be the story of the NFL season. There was a narrative building this summer. Russell Wilson's never had an MVP vote. Well, guess what? I think he's going to have a lot more MVP votes coming his way sooner than later. I think we can all think about that. Now, a former MVP is starting to find his way a little bit in Tampa, and that's Tom Brady. Things are looking up here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got a big win in Denver yesterday. It's not an easy building to play in. Brady has struggled in that building before, but you know what? He got a little help from his friends, a couple uh, short yardage touchdowns from Mike Evans, uh, we did get Godwin back shortly in that game, but unfortunately left with a hamstring injury. So yet another difficult day for Chris Godwin owners in fantasy for sure. But Brady did look good. The Bucs did win. Denver looks like they are a team that on the downside. And the Bucs slowly starting to put things together, which is good because the Saints look like they're all kind of a mess. And maybe, just maybe, this division is more wide open than people might have thought. Yes, people like me thought that the Bucs would struggle. You know what? They did struggle out of the gate week one. They seem to be getting 
And the Saints seem to be kind of treading water right now. Uh, more obviously to get to in terms of headlines yesterday, we could talk about the Buffalo Bills who won a wild one. <laughs> I mean, 28 to 3. Hmm. Stop me if you heard this one before because they had that kind of lead on the Rams. And this game looked like it was over. It was done. And I kept wondering at halftime, what the hell was Vegas thinking about when they put out that line? I mean, this looked like an absolute trouncing. And then the second half happened. And then the Rams took the lead, but Buffalo was able to hang on. Josh Allen has been absolutely fantastic this year. He's put this team on his back. He's been outstanding. Another great fantasy day from him. Uh, not a great fantasy day for Mitchell Trubisky. Couple picks. Next thing you know, he is out. And guess what? The Atlanta Falcons blow another lead. And Nick Foles takes over the Bears starting QB. So we'll see what happens going forward. Oh, the Nick Foles truthers are all out today. Oh, you could see this. I saw the uh, saw the video of the guy in the Eagles jersey packing up his bags and leaving his house and his wife. Where are you going? And he said, I'm going to Chicago to get my quarterback. <laughs> Very funny. Yes, we all know. So we'll see what happens with Nick Foles and Trubisky. The Trubisky experiment is hanging on by a thread. Uh, the Texans hanging on by a thread as well. They fall to 0-3 on the season here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, look, Texans came out pretty well in this game. They were ready to play. They took an early lead on the Steelers, but eventually the defense kind of fell apart. Eventually the Pittsburgh Steelers defense picked it up. And next thing you know, Pittsburgh ends up for this game. And Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously, a uh, big part in this game. So was James Conner. So the Texans are 0-3 after a really difficult start to the season for them in terms of who they were playing. It gets better, Texans fans. Don't worry. And fantasy owners of Deshaun Watson and David Johnson, don't worry. The schedule is going to get better for you. It's going to be okay. Now, speaking of getting better, Kenny Galladay got all better, at least for a day, which was great because Kenny Galladay was back. He was playing. The Detroit Lions won. All was right for Lions fans, at least for an afternoon and for fantasy owners. And look, it's been a couple weeks here of the season. No Kenny Galladay. Getting Kenny Galladay back, that is very important for not only fantasy owners, but for the Detroit Lions going forward and Matthew Stafford and company. So that is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, literally the tip of the iceberg today of what we've got because we had a fun Sunday night game. We had a couple other crazy games. we got some teams that are now 0-3, some teams that are 3-0. and Are they good? Are they bad? Are they indifferent? Do we have a lot uh, to go on now? Can we start to make some evaluations? I think the answer to that question is yes, we can. We can start to make some evaluations, but what we're going to do first is recap all these games today before we move forward in the week and make those evaluations. So don't go anywhere. More fantasy sports today with me, Joey P, right here on the grid. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Pizzapia here filling in the big chair for Craig Mish. And, of course, you know here every Monday we talk about the best of Sunday, the standouts, the guys in the NFL that really put some uh, big-time fantasy points up. And whether that be in your FanDuel lineups or your season-long lineups, these were the guys you were either very happy that you had 
or you are miserable because they ruined your Sunday. Either way, we're going to talk about them. So depending on what side of that fence you're on, you're going to have to figure that out. It's already noon. So if you want to take a cocktail, if some of these guys ruined your fantasy Sunday, well, by all means, go there and do it. But if you had them, then the cocktail is for celebration. And I think if you have Russell Wilson on your fantasy team, then you've been celebrating pretty much since the season began. 27 to 40 for 315. He also ran for 22 rushing yards as well. And, uh, oh, wait, he had uh, some more touchdowns as well. I mean, Russell Wilson right now looks like he is just playing at a different level. He had five touchdowns here total. I mean, unbelievable day for Russell Wilson. And uh, I'm kicking myself. I am because I I should listen to myself more often than I do because I thought Russell Wilson going into this year was the best bet in uh, terms of MVP on FanDuel. And I didn't put a wager on it. I'm on it. And I should have done that. Had I done that, I'd be a very happy Joey P right now. Instead, I'm a little miserable because I'm, you know, watching Russell Wilson be out there great and running away with this award. Now, I understand it's early, a little bit more time in the season to figure things out. But let's continue on here and let's look with some more fantasy standouts. Justin Jefferson, who I got to tell you, I was very excited about Justin Jefferson heading into this year. I thought he really fit with the Minnesota offense and uh, you know, a little slow in week one and two, but yesterday was the coming out party for Justin Jefferson. Seven catches for 175 and a touchdown. Jefferson was outstanding. They've been looking for somebody to fill that Stefan Diggs role now that Diggs has moved on to Buffalo. And Justin Jefferson, I thought, was that best chance. I mean, they talked a lot about BC Johnson and this guy and that guy. You know what? It always should have been Justin Jefferson. That's why they moved where they did to take him. And it was better for the Vikings. I mean, they, they lost only by one, and it was a close game. They still lost, but still, very good for Justin Jefferson. Keenan Allen had a great game, too. Justin Herbert made his second start of his career. Keenan Allen, 13 receptions for 132 and a touchdown for him. So a great day, including an incredible throw and catch there in the end zone. We'll talk about that later. What a throw from Justin Herbert. What a catch from Keenan Allen. And that's a throw that I don't think you're going to see Tyrod Taylor making most days. It's not happen. So I know it's a tough way to lose your job. I get it. But Herbert, so far, it's really tough not to think you might as well just let this kid play out the season and get ready for next year, and hopefully he can learn enough and grow enough that next year you really feel good about your chances. Because I think still they're on the bubble. As good as that defense has been, and it wasn't as good this past Sunday, we'll get to that later. I got a lot of feelings. As the kids say, I got all the feels about that one. But I also got all the feels about Rex Burkhead. What a day for him. James White not playing in this one. The Patriots continue to just show up there and show you they can win football games in different ways. And Rex Burkhead had himself a day as well. Who would have thought Rex Burkhead would have three touchdowns in this contest? He also had 49 receiving yards in this one, seven catches. And it's funny because we mentioned him on the Waiver Wire show here on Fantasy Sports Today on Wednesday. And we talked about all these different running backs. And, you know, if you go back and you can pull it up on demand, you can hear me say the words, And if you miss out on all these guys, just go get Rex Burkhead for a buck or just stream him. Just pick him up because nobody's probably going to pick him up. And there's a good chance he plays. Well, it was a pretty good weekend for Rex Burkhead and you if you picked him up and started him. And I'm sure the start percentage was pretty low. But at the same time, you got to look back on it and go, hey, Rex Burkhead, Patriots. Somebody's going to fill that James White role. That James White role is always productive. Sony Michelle was pretty good in that game, too. Patriots get another win, but I know you all hate the Patriots, so you don't want me to talk about the Patriots, so I'll stop. All right, let's go to the next one here. Jimmy Graham, six catches for 60 yards, two big touchdowns uh, for the Chicago Bears. And look, you know, this is a big game here for the Bears. Uh, I mean, they go to 3-0. and 
I don't know how this has happened. Smoke and mirrors. Uh, I thought the Bears were a joke. I think their number was eight for uh, over-under in terms of win total. They already got three. They're almost halfway there. Ugh, what's happening there in Chicago? And they've made a change at quarterback. Mitch Trubisky's going to be out. But we'll see what happens if that really makes the Bears a formidable offense. I don't know. I'm guessing it doesn't. But we'll find out. So those are your fantasy standouts, obviously. Uh, A couple other ones, too. Uh, Alvin Kamara was a fantasy standout. We'll get to him in the next segment. But let's shift gears for just a moment and talk a little baseball. Because guess what? It was the end of the season yesterday, the regular season. We're going to move on to the playoffs. So let's uh, do a little quick uh, wrap-up of the uh, 60-game abbreviated MLB season. And let's start with the Cardinals. Yes, the COVID Cardinals found their way into the playoffs. They got the fifth seed. How did that happen? I don't know. Some sort of bizarre rock, paper, scissor tournament. Something happened there. And eventually the Cardinals ended up finding their way in the playoffs. A better winning percentage. And that they played on the road against left-handed pitchers in the rain. All kinds of crazy things happened there. But regardless, the Cardinals are in. And guess who else is in? The Brewers are in. That's right. They got that final spot there. The eighth spot of the playoff seed. Uh, Shane Bieber wins the uh, pitching triple crown. Incredible year for Bieber. Eight wins, one six three ERA, a gazillion strikeouts. The guy was absolutely dominant. He was just so damn good with Shane Bieber. Luke Voigt finishes with 22 home runs. So we got over that 20 mark. That was a big question. Could somebody hit 20 home runs in 60 games? The answer is yes. Luke Voigt, that's who could do it. Uh, oh, we also had some batting title wins, too. We had DJ LeMahieu winning the American League batting title. Juan Soto becoming the youngest player ever, ever. That's right, history, baby. Juan Soto, 21 years old, wins the National League batting title, led the National League in almost everything, and he's leading in my heart as well. Everybody who knows, I am the president of the Juan Soto fan club, and this season has only made me like him even more. Uh, And that's the positive on the negative side. You got the GM fired over there for the Angels. Billy Epler is out, and the Red Sox are going to have a new manager next year too. So uh, some changes already uh, in Major League Baseball. We're turning the page on the 2020 regular season for the teams that did not perform so well. And I think it's difficult because you look at what this season was and what it ended up being. It's difficult to judge the performance of a manager or a general manager, especially I mean, for the Red Sox, it wasn't the manager they thought they were going into the year with. He kind of came in after the scandal. And the Red Sox, you knew, were going to be in transition and terrible anyway. Now, they were even worse than we anticipated. But still, you know, they'll probably go back to Cora and we'll see what happens there with the managing situation there. But the most important thing is the pitching. Getting Eduardo Rodriguez healthy, getting Chris Sale healthy, that goes a long way for the Red Sox in 2021. So, speaking of 2020, though, and those playoffs... How about this? Let's look at the playoff picture in the American League and National League, respectively. Oh, boom! What a graphic. Oh, I love it. So good. We got the Tampa Rays. That's right. My Tampa Rays. Number one seed. Unbelievable. Look at that. They're going to be taking on the Buffalo Blue Jays. That's right. I said it. And you're going to have the 4-5 there. You're going to have the Cleveland Indians and the Yankees squaring off. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on with Mike Blewett. Spoiler alert. We've also got the Twins and Astros. That should be fun. No trash cans allowed this year uh, for the Twinkies. Uh, You've also got the A's and the White Sox. Uh, They'll be squaring off together, so that's your American League. The A's continue to defy all logic. They continue to be good. Injuries doesn't matter. Everything else doesn't matter. All that matters is can you be good at baseball? And the A's continue to do it. Somehow, even with the Matt Chapman injury, they still are relevant. No surprise to see the White Sox in there. Great to see the great twins. Great to see the Indians and even the Blue Jays and Rays. How great 
And let's go to the National League side. You see on the right side of your screen there, you'll see the Dodgers, of course. The, the Dodgers are the number one seed. Of course they are. And you have the Milwaukee Brewers at the eighth seed sneaking in there. Chances are they're going to get their you-know-what handed to them by the Dodgers. But it's baseball. Anything can happen. You got the upstart Padres in the playoffs. How about that? Fernando Tatis and Machado, baby, against the Cardinals. You got the Cubs and you Darvish against Craig Mish's Marlins. The real reason he's off today is because Craig was celebrating that the Marlins are in the playoffs. That's, that's the truth. That's deep down. That's a little side note. And, of course, the Cincinnati Reds getting red hot at the end, sneaking in the playoffs. They're going to take on the Braves. And if I were the Braves, I would be very, very worried. I would be very concerned about the Reds because you know what? The Reds have Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. They have a lot of good pitching. And the Braves, eh, not so much with the pitching right now. So that's going to be a fascinating matchup. I'm sure we'll dig in more tomorrow when Craig comes back. But when we come back, we're going to come back with Eric Young, and we're going to talk more football. So don't go anywhere. Stay right on the grid. More fantasy sports today with me, Joey P, right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today. We're breaking down uh, all of the games for you now. We talked a little standouts. Now we're going to talk about some of the uh, the game breakdowns here, and we could start with Sunday night, and we're going to start with my co-host from Fantasy Game Day, which you can catch every Sunday morning right here uh, on this network. So as soon as Eric is ready to join us, the Eric Young will join us uh, here on the program on Fantasy Sports Today. And uh, oh, 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 he's ready now. Oh, excuse me, champ. I, I guess, you know, uh, time always stands still for the champ. And uh, whenever Eric is ready, and apparently he is now to join us again, he's one of my co-hosts on game day every Sunday morning. You can catch us talking football, yelling at each other. It's good times, but we love each other deep down. Uh, Showtime EY. How are you, my friend? Long time no see. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, I was in my trailer, trailer powdering my nose. That was uh, that was the hold up. But uh, I'm ready. This is as good as it gets. Well, sadly, sad, sad to you. say, but this is as good as I'm ever going to look. <laughs> let me tell you, I, I think uh, I think you, you you use enough powder. I think you look great. You look fantastic. Thanks. Look at you. I mean, two two beautiful bald men on camera at the same time. This is what the network needs more of. This is what everybody wants. So let's talk about Sunday Night Football, which was um, certainly uh, – I, I wouldn't think it was a surprise. I actually thought the Packers were going to go in there and win this game, and they did. Uh, I think when you look at the breakdown here, we can start looking at Aaron Rodgers and the stats here from this game. Uh, look, Aaron Rodgers, 21 to 32, 283 yards, three touchdowns. He was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones continues to be a solid guy. He got you your touchdown. He got you 16 carries in this game, uh, 17 yards receiving on two catches on a big receiving day. But without Devontae Adams, the fact that they could go in there and win this game was terrific. And part of that was because of Lazard, who was also terrific. Six catches, 146, and a touchdown for him. So Lazard's really stepped up. And this is a guy that I took late in a lot of drafts, Eric. And I'm curious what you're seeing this year out of Aaron Rodgers and his ability now to have more confidence in these secondary wide receivers. To me, this is huge going forward. So do you think this trend is going to continue now? Because this was an incredible win for this team on the road without Devontae Adams. 
I mean, it would appear that it's going to continue. I think uh, the the demise of Aaron Rodgers is was slat, sadly, sadly misinterpreted. Um, I, I never thought he was done. Uh, I think he's technically the still the best quarterback in the league. Um, he can still move. He's shown that. It, it, it's crazy how he's switching in and out of plays. It, it looks like he just doesn't care, and, and which is insane. Uh, he's on TV in front of millions of people. He's the quarterback of a very popular um, franchise, and it looks like he doesn't seem bothered by any of it. I, I'd want Aaron Rodgers to be my quarterback. I, I mean, I think I'd probably still want to punch his face in a little bit every now and then mm-hmm. uh, because he seems so cooth. But Aaron Rodgers is the real deal. And I think he proved it again last night and he's going to continue to. And the fact that MSV and, and Lazard showed up and, and they played this well with no Devontae Adams shows that this offense flows through Aaron Rodgers with or without wide receivers. So do you think maybe the, the fire got lit under the old man after the draft? You know, they all the rumors of like, his uh, is your replacement. This is the guy we're going to transition right. to. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers said, well, hold the phone there. I don't think I'm ready to be replaced. I mean, he even made Robert Tanyan uh, a guy last night. Five catches for 50 for him, not just Lazard who had the huge night, but even Robert Tanyan, another guy. Uh, so I feel like this version of Aaron Rodgers, who I'm with you, Sometimes I find him very frustrating to watch just because he seems like kind of a morose fellow. And it seems like not the kind of rallying cry kind of guy, likability factor. But you know what? When you're talking about back skill, I feel like this year maybe that, uh, you know, a little bit of the dust got shaken off because, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to give this job up quite yet. You think that had something to do with this uh, this version of Aaron Rodgers we're seeing again in 2020? Yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I pay very, very, very heavy attention to narrative. Uh, people want to say that narrative doesn't matter and situation doesn't matter. Um, those people are people that, that want to say analytics will tell you the whole story. And I'll tell you that those people are, are fools. These are human beings. Aaron Rodgers is a highly competitive, highly credited, uh, probably destined for the Hall of Fame quarterback. And He's got a new coach, which that's what he wanted. That's what he got. And then they draft a quarterback. And I'm telling you right now, I mean, as a, as an older performer or an older athlete, I can tell you that you always feel like you have something to prove. The chip never goes away. And by them drafting that quarterback, he feels threatened. And you do two things when you feel threatened, fight or flight. And Aaron Rodgers is showing us that he's got lots of fight left. He's still Aaron Rodgers. That guy's going to be on the bench, uh, learning behind him. Uh, and uh, this is Aaron Rodgers' team. And it's, it's great to see. They're, they're, the NFL is a better NFL with Aaron Rodgers at his peak. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know much about the whole being old thing. I just turned 29 on Saturday. So, you know, I saw my whole life ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, right. 29. Oh, man, I can barely remember 29. All right. So uh, let's talk about the other side of this game in New Orleans here, because the Saints are in a little bit of trouble. I mean, they kind of eked out that first win against uh, Tampa Bay, who was still kind of trying to figure out how all the pieces worked. Uh, Drew Brees in this one almost threw for 300 yards. He had three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara was getting forced fed the ball a ton. 13 receptions for him for 139, two touchdowns. He also had eight carries for 58. Latavius Murray had 12 carries for 58. Emmanuel Sanders, four catches for 56 in a touchdown. And even Trey Kwan got four catches for 42. But it seems like without Michael Thomas, this offense just isn't gelling the same. It's not working in the same path. Now, I believe Michael Thomas to be the best wide receiver on the planet, and I think he didn't get enough credit for how good he was. And I think we started to learn that last year when Teddy Bridgewater had to take over, that maybe, just maybe, 
the narrative should be, as you like narratives, that Michael Thomas is making Drew Brees better at this stage in his career. And now that he's not there with him, I feel like that narrative might indeed be true. Do you think it's the same thing? Do you think that's the problem right now with New Orleans? Is it just as simple as not having Michael Thomas? Yeah, I, th- I think it's part of the narrative for sure. I think people last week were were to saying that Drew Brees is done and this is Peyton Manning and his Super Bowl season all over again and his arm is shot and he's got no velocity. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I-, I saw him whip the ball uh, pretty good a few times last night. The reality is, is the connection between him and Michael Thomas is unearthly. I mean, and, and we've seen it for the last five or six years. When these guys play together, th- there's something special going on there that is not, I, I don't think you can measure it. I don't think you can quantify it. And I don't think that there's numbers that can be put up against to show it. The reality is, is Michael Thomas is always open in one way or the other. He's an elite route runner. Uh, he's got really good size and leaping ability. So his catch radius is massive. Uh, People have been telling Drew Brees he's not going to be able to do it for his entire life. He's five foot ten. He, he had throwing arm surgery. You mean like he's he's jumped every single hurdle? This is another guy I believe that is destined for the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's done. I don't think he's going to be as effective as Aaron Rodgers this year. But I think Drew Brees is still very good. And I believe this. I believe that game turned when Drew Brees wasn't on the field. I get it's fun. And, and they bring in Tyson Hill, and he's this quarterback that can run like the wind and do all these things, and he's physical. He came in, he bobbled a snap, lost the ball, turnover, that game's over right there. And it has nothing to do with Drew Brees. He's not even on the field. So it, it, that's that's part of the, the Saints narrative. And I don't know what in the hell happened to their defense, but it is not the same as it was no. last year. It's not even it's close. It's getting older. And the, I think it's just getting yeah, older. Yeah, the personnel yeah. is the same, but they're getting older. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They've lost they their are. step. It's starting to show. And you start to feel like the window's starting to close a little bit on the Saints. And it's it's kind of scary. Now, look, there's a lot of season left. Get healthy Michael Thomas back. Maybe you change the story. Uh, Tennessee looks like they're a team that's basically picking up where they left off last year. They've looked great. This was a big win for them on the road. They came back at this one. The Minnesota Vikings continue to struggle. But look, let's look at your Tennessee Titans for a second here and take a look at the fantasy studs here because Ryan Tannehill, undefeated, 321 yards for him. I know, undefeated. I will say it. Undefeated, undisputed Tennessee Titans. You're right. Derrick Henry finally got in the end zone. That was only a matter of time. Uh, Pretty darn good day for him. Two touchdowns for him. Khalif Raymond. At three catches for 118, had a huge catch in this game. Corey Davis, your boy, uh, five catches for 89, uh, for 69. And they also had Adam Humphreys get involved. Johnny Smith continues to be solid in PPR. He's getting you double digits every single week. So you're undefeated. Excuse me, Tennessee Titans look like basically uh, the, they have an open path here to this division because the Texans have struggled. The Colts have had their issues already and it's hard not to think that the titans are in the driver's seat right now this was another good performance by them on the road tough matchup theoretically at least but look how about them titans yeah i mean look it, 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 this is a this is a football team you mean in the purest form uh the tennessee titans are are a solid unit that play for each other you can see it mike vrabel i i believe is going to be uh, a hall of fame coach at, at some point in his career this guy knows what it takes to win he's done it his whole career um it, on the field and off the field and, and the reality is is like look there's not a ton of skill derrick henry i mean he's he's probably the best player of the team but he's in no way shape or form the best running back in the league this team is built around the personnel they have the play calls are built around the personnel they have and 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 
it, it, it's working. It, it's it's clicking. You, you have to respect Derrick Henry, uh, which which leads to play action. Tannehill is a super effective, super accurate quarterback. Uh, all, all the stars are aligned for the Tennessee Titans to do something big. They showed and showed up last year and proved to everybody that they were the real deal, and they're continuing to do it this year. Well, none of the stars are relying for the Vikings. You can look at uh, what they did in this game, too. More interceptions for Kirk Cousins. That's never good. Dalvin Cook, still all-world. He's still one of the best running backs on the planet. Huge day for him. 22 carries for Dalvin Cook. He also had 181 yards on that. A touchdown, plus a couple of receptions. Uh, Adam Thielen had a touchdown on this one, too. But you also got Justin Jefferson starting to emerge, too, as a, as a fantasy guy. So that is a positive you take out of this game. Uh, it was a great touchdown catch from Kyle Rudolph. But again... It's very difficult here. The Vikings keep falling short, even when they are competitive in games, and that defense looks all kinds of confused, all kinds of issues there with them. And they're not the only team in the North having issues because the Bears are also having some issues, despite the fact they're 3-0. and How many 3-0 and teams make a change at quarterback? When we come back, we're going to talk to EY about that and where the future of the Bears quarterback position is going to go. You're watching FST. We'll be right back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Bears are 3-0 and have a quarterback controversy. How many times does that happen for a team? Not very often, but luckily my good friend Eric Young is here to help me break it all down. And uh, stop me if you heard this one before. The Falcons had a lead in a game and blew it. Why? Because they don't like to tackle anybody. I have never seen a secondary be this inept of tackling my entire life. And I can't believe in three or four years they have not addressed this. It's the same old Falcons. It's brutal. Up to it, Eric, and let's talk about at least the Bears side before I start ripping on the Falcons because the Bears came out with a victory. Nick Foles showed up here, threw for 100-plus yards here in this game, almost 200, three touchdowns and a pick. He was pulled after a bad interception there. Uh, you were definitely right because you said on Sunday that the Bears quarterback would have a good day. I know when you said that, you thought it was going to be Trubisky, but I'll give you a pass because it was the Bears quarterback. You were 100% right on Allen Robinson, though. Man, he was good. Ten catches, 123 and a touchdown. I'd love to see Allen Robinson at some point, play with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Can we get that? Can we just get that once? That'd be fantastic. Jimmy Graham, two TDs, six catches for him. David Montgomery, a decent game for him. Not great, but, I mean, what's going on here with the Bears? They're 3-0. and They're pulling the quarterback. Did you think was his right call? And who's the guy going forward in your mind, Eric? I mean, for me, I mean, it's got to be fools at this point. But, I mean, I mean Trubisky led them to two victories. He throws one interception and gets yanked. So I feel like they just felt very uncomfortable with him as the quarterback. Uh, I don't think Nick Foles is going to make you feel any more comfortable. Uh, this is what Nick Foles does. He comes off the bench, plays unbelievable. Everyone's like, man, this guy's the real deal. Then he starts the next game and looks like he's never played a down in the NFL. So, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy to think that there's a new quarterback starting and the Bears are still 3-0. I said it on the show on Sunday morning with you and Matt. I said, are the Bears for real? And I said, I thought so. Somehow, they still won this game. They should have never won this game. If it wasn't Atlanta, I believe they would have been done, net foals or not. But it was good to see Allen Robinson show up. Montgomery, I think, is going to be a solid start all year. And Jimmy Graham is is 
I mean, look at he's going to be part of that red zone offense. He's never going to be the Jimmy Graham of old and, you know, catching these long seam passes and piling up 80 and 90 yards. He's going to have 15 to 25 yards and two touchdowns. That's going to be his yeah. line. Well, so if well, uh, you're streaming quarterbacks, you could do worse than Jimmy Graham. Yeah, you absolutely could. And you could do a lot worse than the Falcons offense because the Falcons offense ain't broke. Falcons yeah. offense just fine. As long as that defense continues to be that defense, they're going to keep giving you a ton of fantasy points because Matt Ryan, 238 and a touchdown. Todd Gurley had a good game. He had a touchdown, 14 carries for 80, and he needed it. Let me tell you, I think everybody had a nice side of relief there after better games from Todd Gurley. Uh, then you also had Brian Hill get involved with a touchdown, 58 yards for him. Calvin Ridley continued to be dazzling. Five catches, 110 for him. Hayden Hurst with a touchdown as well in this game. So, I mean, it's just at a certain point, the Falcons just have to man up. And Dan Quinn, I mean, you can't keep starting seasons like this. You know, he started two and six last year. You didn't tackle anybody. I mean, you look at these stats, you look at these numbers. This looks like a team that won the game. I mean, how do you not have, how do you have all these yards and the touchdowns and keep losing football games? And it's simple. It's bad defense, bad tackling, bad scheming. And falling apart, and look, it's a mental thing as much as it's a physical thing. They don't have enough defense. It happens in games when you don't have that. I can't, I can't keep talking about this because if I do, I'm going to have a stroke. So let's move on to the next one here. The Detroit Lions, AY, they got better. They got a W. They also got Kenny Galladay back, and that is a big deal. Kenny Galladay, uh, six catches, 57 a touchdown. Welcome back, Kenny. Uh, Marvin Jones had a few catches in this one. Hawkinson, uh, useful. Adrian Peterson, you know, you're kind of boring 22 for 75. Okay, I'll take it. And on the flip side of this game, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, 270 yards through the air for Kyler Murray, but this was not his best game so far of the year, clearly. He had the two passing touchdowns, but he threw three picks, not what you want out of Kyler Murray. Five carries for 29 yards and a touchdown, a phenomenal rushing touchdown for him. DeAndre Hopkins continues to be incredible. Ten catches, walk, 137 for him. Drake was good. Isabella had two touchdowns in this game. But, EY, let's talk a little about DeAndre Hopkins because you and I, I feel like, you know, we were like broken records coming into the season about why are people discounting DeAndre Hopkins? You look up at these numbers, so far through the number one receiver in fantasy see this stopping anytime soon. So, what was wrong with this narrative? You talk about narratives. What was wrong with people with this wrong narrative of DeAndre Hopkins moving teams and all of a sudden becoming irrelevant? Yeah, I, I don't have any clue what people were talking about. In my opinion, you say Michael Thomas is the best receiver. I've been saying for the last four years it's been DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he does everything. It, I'm pretty sure he has glue on his hands. He catches balls that he has no <laughs> catching. It's insane. And going over there, like, look, at the Texans uh, are a mess. Bill O'Brien is uh, an uninspired coach. Uh, this system, I, I get the part of the fear was they're going to spread the ball all around. And there's Fitzgerald and there's Isabella and there's Christian Kirk. And there's, there's all these, you know, other pass catchers. But the reality is this is DeAndre Hopkins is a number one receiver because he's the best player on the field. He's open on every play, even when he's covered. So, you know, having a guy like that for Kyler Murray, who, I mean, look at Kyler Murray is one of my favorite guys right now in the NFL to watch, can run like crazy, it, it is, is smart, it is fairly accurate, but he's not a super great thrower of the football yet. Um, I think he's improved and will continue to improve, but it's just such a fun offense to watch. They spread the ball all over the place. The defense doesn't know if they're coming or going or they're running. They're going right, they're going left. It's a really, really fun system to watch. Um, 
even though they lost this game, I, I still think the Arizona Cardinals are, are going to make a lot of noise this year. Well, what was fun to watch was certainly the Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, two I quarterbacks just slinging the ball all over the place. It's great to see DK Metcalf kind of make up for that lapse in judgment there. And, you know, nice. the young kids sometimes are going to be young kids. And man, this is that ball should have been a touchdown, but he redeemed himself at the end of this game. But what a fantasy bonanza this was. You know, we talked about this on Sunday, too. We talked about the good chalk, right? We said, this game is the good chalk. Get involved in this. I don't care if everybody else is. It doesn't make it wrong. And guess what? It was right. It was all kind. So let's see if we can take a look here at the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, 315 yards for Russ. uh, Five touchdowns for him. Chris Carson, 14 carries uh, in this game. 64 yards. He also had three catches. Lockett, what a day for Tyler Lockett. 100 yards and three touchdowns. DK Metcalf. I mentioned before, redeemed himself, but the nine catches for Tyler Lockett was awesome. Um, look, Russell Wilson right now, I mean, he just makes it look so easy, and you feel like everything's coming together for him, and this energy level of this team has been great. Russell Wilson looks like MVP. I you know I keep saying it, but, man, it looks like it's going to be true. So, Eric, what were your thoughts on Seattle in this game? Yeah, uh, Coach Carroll has got these guys playing unbelievable. It's hard to believe that uh, this was a produ- – like Russell Wilson's been there for four years now, what, five years, and now they're finally letting him throw the ball. I mean, he's always been an, an elite thrower, uh, crazy accurate, uh, maybe the best deep ball thrower in the league, which is crazy because he's not a tall guy. Like it's it, it's really impressive to, to watch him uh, manipulate the pocket. And I mean, we know that he can run. We know that he can get out of the pocket and make people pay. But he's always looking downfield. Um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf right now are beneficiaries of letting Russ cook. We've heard about this in the offseason. Um, my question is, why weren't they letting Russ cook in other years? Because right now it looks like it doesn't matter how many points you score, the Seahawks are just going to score more. It's terrifying yeah. that uh, this offense is better than they were. If you look over the, uh, the Dallas side of this, you know, this defense is absolutely terrible. And uh, look, it's a lot of fantasy points because you're in 70 yards and uh seven. just just take that in for a minute him ezekiel elliott 14 carries he had a touch one six catches not a big day for elliott it was more receivers amari nine a touchdown will what five receptions one of those yep. two touchdowns see him uh five a few And let's not forget about Dustin Dustin Schultz. I mean, this guy took over for Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin was uh, an off-season darling for me, an off-season darling for a lot of people in the fantasy world. We were expecting big things for him to take over that Jason Witten position, 100-plus targets on the year, where we know that the tight end is going to be a big part of what Dallas wants to do. And everyone thought that Schultz was going to be okay, but not as good as he's been. So I, I think that's going to continue as, as a very ownable tight end. Um, this might be the most talented wide receiving core in the NFL. Dak just got paid. We know how efficient he is, how good he is when the chips are down and you need a play. This game was unbelievable. Two uh, super-powered offenses battling. Um, the Seattle Seahawks defense is not what it used to be, and you and you see that. So the offense has got to step up and score more points. Um, C.D. Lamb has been impressing everybody. I know he's a guy that, that a lot of people went early on in their draft. 
They were hoping for big things from C.D. Lamb. Me, Joe, and Matt talked about C.D. Lamb on the show Fantasy Game Day on Sunday morning before. Uh, if you were listening to us, Joe, um, you had C.D. Lamb in your lineup, and, and you're probably pretty happy about the whole thing. You did. You had C.D. Lamb, you had D.K. Metcalf, you had everybody there. And uh, look, it, sometimes when you look at the big totals in those games, so far they haven't disappointed this year. These guys have been able to go out there and put up huge fantasy totals, and that's what we're looking for. Uh, one more game here to get with you, EY, real quick. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Bucks. And um, look, Tampa and Tom Brady look like they're starting to get better every game. And this was kind of the thing we laid out there. So look, give them time. It's not going to be great out of the gate. No preseason. It's very difficult. But Tom Brady looked pretty good yesterday. A pretty old guy to be throwing for as many yards as he does. You look at the numbers here, 297 for him in this game. He had three touchdown passes. Uh, you also clearly had Godwin back. That helped a ton. Mike Evans had a couple touchdowns in this game. You had the tight ends active in this one, O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski both. So, uh, look, it was always going to be difficult for because that defense for the of Tampa is always formidable in terms the run. But look, Brady, he has struggled in that building before. You look at all the names here, and I think the big thing you look at right here, EY, is that how many people got involved. And when you see all these people getting involved, to me, this is things starting to click and starting to get right. Yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, everyone was, was talking about Brady, and he's done, and he's over 40. Look, at, I'm going to be first to say that people don't get better when they're over 40. That's that's just the reality in the NFL. He's one of the oldest players in the league. Um but the other part, the other part of the narrative is, look, Tom Brady has never been a good athlete. If you want to go back and look at the, the, the tape of his 40 time, it's pathetic. He, he is one of the slowest players on the field. Uh, he, he is not strong. He is, he's never had a, a rocket arm or, or a crazy downfield thrower. Yes, he's got it done, but it's always been done by smarts and understanding football. Uh, Tom Brady still understands football probably better than anybody in the NFL. And with that kind of core, like he hasn't had a team like this maybe ever. And, and having no. those guys, he's going to figure out how to get the ball to the people that are going to make plays. I, I just believe that. I don't. I don't own him a lot of places, but I think if you do, you ha- you keep holding on to him. He's going to reward you. Yeah, I think so. And I think you hold on to the running backs, too. I don't think yesterday was a day we're going to get clarity on that. We kind of talked about that. No, you can't judge running backs in mile high on the road. It's just not a good thing to do. But you can also tune into us, which is always a good thing to do right here on Sports Grid every Sunday morning. Eric Young, Matt Stryker, myself, breaking down the FanDuel slate, breaking down season long, taking you through everything you need to do to set your lineups for everything and play some fantasy football. EY, always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time today. A couple of hiccups here and there that doesn't matter because when you have professionals like you, everything is easier. So I appreciate that. So when I come back here, we're going to talk a little bit about the Monday night football game, a marquee magic of epic proportions and how that's going to possibly play out. So don't go anywhere. More sports grid, more fantasy sports today right here. We'll be right back right after this. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm in NFL history. Two MVPs under the age of 25 are going to square off against each other, and it's on Monday Night Football. Now, I don't remember a Monday Night Football game being this relevant in quite some time. Usually you get the big games on Sunday night, but it's kind of old school and cool to have a Monday Night game really mean something. So 
Let's take a look at what the lines are in FanDuel for this contest between the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson, uh, of the Baltimore Ravens in for the game is 54 and a half if it goes near that that's great because that'll be one exciting football game the ravens are clearly three and a half point favorites as you would expect they are home they are a formidable defense but kansas is the reigning champ so ey i know you're with us still so real quick let's get your take on this one kansas city chiefs they got a chance to go in there and upset the baltimore ravens tonight what do you think I mean, this is masterful booking by the NFL. It's uh, it's super exciting to think that this is a Monday night game. It's smarter than the NFL. Look at these are two of the premier players, premier personalities in the NFL. Let's get them on Monday night when there's no other games. There's no other football to watch uh, for psychopaths like me. There is the Stanley Cup playoffs, so I'll be flipping back and forth. But All right. So uh, great stuff there from Eric, as always. And uh, clearly moving forward, we're going to watch that Monday night football game because that is a marquee matchup without a doubt. Uh, you look, I think they have a real shot. I think Kansas City has a real shot to go in there and kind of shock Baltimore. You know, Baltimore needs to show up a little bit more in these big games, I feel like. You know, Baltimore in the playoff year, Baltimore in the playoffs two years ago, you know, they all build up. Everyone's ready to go. Everyone's very excited. But by the time you actually get to that big game, Baltimore falls a little short sometimes. And look, this is important because Possibly that bye week, and there's only one bye out there now in this new NFL playoff system. Only one of those buys is going to be out there and could be the one that decides it. Funny enough, because these two teams could have the same record and the tiebreaker might be for whoever wins this one. And that would be fascinating to watch. So I'll be watching. I know you'll be watching, too. And hopefully you'll be watching more uh, fantasy sports today in the next hour as well. So we're going to have a lot more breakdowns, a lot more guests. Mike Blue is going to join us. So don't go anywhere. More sports grid right here on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.